Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir, I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Do you want me to check the weather, Clarence? No, why don't you take care of it? Joey, you ever hang around the gymnasium? We better get back now, Joey. No, Joey can stay here for a while if you'd like. Could I? Okay, if you don't get in the way. Flight 209 to Denver Radio. Climbing to cruise at 42,000. We'll report again over Lincoln. Over and out. Wait a minute. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You play basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. You are, Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. I think you should go back to your seat now, Joey. Right, Clarence? No, he's not bothering anyone. Let him stay here. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. Listen, kid. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton and near up and down the court for 48 minutes. Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Was he African? 
African. African. No, he was American, and he was like you. He looked just like you. He was Jewish. Just Wait, like okay. you. Jew. Okay. It's an odd crime for a Jew to yeah, I'm pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cop. Yeah. <sighs> he was Caucasian. All right, your boy, Sinister One, broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to The Booth. It is February 28th, already heading into our third month. We've got 60-degree weather here tomorrow and then 29-degree weather here on Saturday. That's New England for you, people. I got Ken Diesel with me tonight. I got Mike Fury with me tonight. We got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. First thing I got to say is I got to thank everybody who put their word of prayers and blessings out there uh, regarding my mother's fall last Sunday. Um, we were not on last Tuesday night. Um, Ken was not available, and I also had some things to take care of with my mother regarding this fall. She fractured her femur on her right leg. Um, she's 70 years old. There's, it's one of those things where it sounds bad, but it's good because my mom hasn't walked in four years. So the fact that she was on her walker and she had this fall is kind of a bad, good thing. Number one, but she's supposed to ask for help when she's needs help and she's just so stubborn. Um, so what she was doing was she was in the I'm bathroom. Shocked, shocked to hear that. <laughs> she had one hand on the walker and the lid fell down on the toilet. And then, and instead of asking for help like she's supposed to at seventy years old, and instead of being stubborn. She tried to maneuver Walker to the commode, and she tried to maneuver with one hand to lift the toilet seat up. She lost her balance, fell back with her leg behind her, and that's how she fractured her femur. Wow. What, what we ended up finding out is that she had some type of infection going on, which we thought was high blood pressure, but it turns out that the high blood pressure was actually an infection. So if, we did, if she didn't have this fall, we wouldn't have found out that she had this infection. We would have still been going on the fact that she might have a high high blood pressure issue. So... Wow. She's being treated for the infection. Um, her blood pressure is doing good. Her oxygen levels are good. For a while, she couldn't maintain oxygen. Every time they took her off, she was going down below 80. Her her blood pressure was like 200 plus. Um, and I actually had to call Ken for some stuff. And uh, look, I just got to tell people, too, real quick, too. Um, you know, Ken's helped me out with a lot of stuff with my mother over the years. Um, but, guys, if you're out there, if you have a parent that you care and you love and and right now, if they're healthy or something, please get together with the, with your parent um, because, God forbid, if something happens, it's it's tough to have to scramble. But in this situation, my mom fell, um, and she fell within this certain window of Medicaid, Medicare co- coverage. Um, because my mother had been in the hospital for 100 days, um, the 100-day reboot doesn't begin unless my mother has been home for 60 days without a medical incident of skilled nursing incident. My mother fell on like the 53rd day. So because of her falling on the 53rd day, Medicare will not cover this, this, the charge of her going to the rehab. So we have to pay for this out of pocket. And I actually had to call Ken and a tizzy because I had to go down and take this money out of the bank for her. Uh, it's like $3,000 that we have to put down. But because I'm not on my mother's account, um, I couldn't take this money out, but thankfully because my mother knows people at the place she's going and she worked with this person because my mom was a nurse, um, we're able to use a starter check for that amount, thankfully, or else I would have had to get 
a power of attorney. And I'm going to let Ken talk about this because I think people should be aware and just know, you know, a lot of people don't think about their parents. But Ken actually had to head out to Denver because his mother, when she was sick early on, yep. when we were doing the booth. But, Ken, I just want you to just get into it real quick. Why? I know it's a, a suck thing to think about and think ahead, but part of me says, man, you know what? There was a time where me and my mother was asked um, to get a power of attorney. We were like, oh, no, she'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like all of us, she's doing good now, and then boom, here's where it happens, and now I almost can't get her finances or anything in order because I don't have a power of attorney, and it, it would have sucked, but I'm, I just want Ken to explain because I got lucky. A lot of people out there aren't sure as lucky did. as me. You and, sure and, did. And I just want Ken to explain I think we should pass along real quick and let people know before we get into our show. Okay, really quick. A power of attorney is a revocable document that allows a third party to do anything that the person would be. Write checks. Get information from banks, get information from financial providers, pay rent, talk to anyone else. This is very important. For example, you know, I'll give Keith's mother and my mother. My mother got very sick. One of the things I had to go out to Colorado for was I was one of the people, the power of attorney, that allowed her to access her pension, her New Jersey State teacher's pension, to pay for her medical care. Wow. We needed, we needed a provider to sign the documents to ask for my mother was unfortunately at the very last stages of dying of cancer. Now, to pay for that treatment, which was about $100,000 a month, we had to access her uh, medical insurance. Well, I had to go out there and sign the document, especially with the hospital, to allow them to bill NGEA medic, uh, pension and health fund. Very right. important. I'll give you something very simple. Paying rent. If you've got a parent who's got a mortgage payment due or a rent payment due, you know, and she – gets disabled, if you have the power of attorney, you can write a check, and that rent mm. gets paid, uh, taxes get paid, anything. The other thing also is I also, which is separate, is a healthcare proxy. Yeah, most important that's, thing. yeah, most important. Well, Ken, well, Ken, let me just ask you this real quick. When my and, and here's the thing, I deal with everything online, so I've been all this time. I've been just paying my mother's stuff online, her right. ambulance bills, all that. But then I ran into this place. This place does not take debit right. card. They only deal with cash. Or check, and this is where I ran into this problem. I want to ask you, Ken, and this is where I think I maybe have messed up, but I think if you're put into a situation where you're named to be the medical proxy for someone, a parent or someone, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're ever named a medical proxy for someone, should they automatically just say, you know what, I'm going to be, we, we need to get a power of attorney? Should that just be something that should yes, be? Yes, absolutely. There are three things it. you should always, there are three documents you always should have. You should have one, um, power of attorney. That allows you to get access to documents, accounts, pay bills. The next one is a health care proxy. That allows you to make medical decisions and more importantly, get access to medical documents. For yeah. example, I'll give you a prime example. If your mother has a history and you go to a pharmacy, you make sure the pharmacy has access to her medical records so the medication doesn't affect another another condition. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge problem You know because Pharmacies won't necessarily have access to your medical records until you walk there with a healthcare proxy. Mm -hmm. The third thing is yeah. I we call it a living will or DNR request. Find out, like for example, I've got a living will. She, she doesn't have that yet. Maybe I if should. I, I, you should if put if all three of them together. Maybe. Yeah, we we sell as packets. A lot of attorneys do. For example, if I become into a coma where there is no chance that I will get regained consciousness, my brother has my DNR living will request. I directed him to pull the plug. He is okay. directed by me to say, I don't want any 
uh, out, you know, excessive medical needs. I don't want to be a vegetable. Pull the plug and bury my my sorry tail. Okay. Those are three things everybody should have. I'll give you exa- I, the healthcare. I problems. think Keith is right though when he said, you know, when they ask you to be uh, the health proxy, you should you should ask Absolutely. the power of attorney and this. Right. Absolutely, oh, power of attorney. Health, you should have those. You should have power of attorney, healthcare proxies, and living wills in your files. Absolutely. Now, and then to be honest, this is the type of thing. If you get this done right away, because, and I hate to say this, because you know I've heard the stories. Sometimes you have big families, and you sometimes you have a father or mother who becomes ill, and sometimes families are divided because they can't oh. decide or choose who's to make these decisions and whatever. And I think if somebody is asked to be that medical proxy. I think what you're saying, like you're saying, when that person gets all three of these things together, then it then it should help in-house bickering with the family. I absolutely say this. Like, for example, as the older brother in my family, I have the health care proxy, living will, and power of attorney for my father. Got it. Okay? If I'm incapacitated for any reason, God forbid, my brother automatically becomes the health care proxy. But right now, I'm it. Right. Okay. Got so it. The smart, so thing I, wouldn't be, the smart thing wouldn't be for – you know, say someone's in their forties, and hey, for ask that person who's like their parent. You don't ask. You ask somebody young, right? right? I mean, I do. I'm fifty years old. My brother's forty-eight. I mean, you know, we're still pretty young. Yeah. The chances of us out, uh, our father outliving both of us is remote. Yeah, you don't pick the oldest person in your family. Right. You pick someone that's young. <laughs> you pick someone young who's relatively in good health. Yeah. Uh, and only one person, you know, because exactly. I remember when my mother got sick. Um, my father couldn't make decisions. He just was out of it. He was watching his wife die, which is – you never want to have that – you know. and I had to make those decisions for him based on my mother's wishes Yeah. Uh, because I had the health care proxy. And you also got people who – you know, you can have one – say there's two brothers. One right. brother's a greedy bastard and only cares about money. The other one wants to do the right thing. Right. There's going to be fighting. Oh, there, there's horrible fighting, and courts hate that. That's what I said. You have the way I tell everyone: have the primary person, have the backup. For example, Keith, you have a brother, mm-hmm. Kevin, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes. The way you you probably should do it is what you should be the primary, and, and God forbid, and I hope you live a long, happy life. Don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me. Knock on wood. But Not if you became so long. he's married, he can't be happy. <laughs> uh, if God forbid you become incapacitated, it would automatically go to Kevin. You have two sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which one's older? I can't. I never can forget. Remember which one is Ty, the oldest. Ty is the oldest. Okay. Uh, I don't these boys since they were practically out of diapers. I can't remember who's young. You know, you have Ty be your healthcare proxy, and Terrell be the backup. You know. That's you very smart. Have, you know that's why you always should do it. Um, for example, my cousin Meredith. Okay, her eldest daughter is her healthcare proxy. She's a physician. Her middle daughter is the backup. I mean, that's, that's smart. I, I mean, yeah. I never thought of that. I mean, we're, I'm a little disappointed with you, you and Ken right now, is because I never thought I'd come onto the show to, to learn something and be educated, and I am very much so right now. Well, the, <laughs> and I know well, I said you know, that I wanted to make it, and I know I said that we were going to make it quick, but I think Ken was giving so much information. He said, "You know what? I'm going to let him roll because anybody who listens to this show and listens to this podcast, um, and I'm going to be talking about this whole podcast thing in a second, um, but I think." Providing this information, if we can help people out there know what they need before it happens, and if we could keep in-house fighting with in families and not have to be divided or whatever. Like I said, my brother right off the bat was like, look, 
I, I don't have, I can't, I can't do this. My brother was like, you take this, you take the lead on this. Right. And it's nice that me and him have that where we could talk, but yeah. sometimes you do get in this situation. Where oh, people, oh, I'll give you a prime yeah. example. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, when my grandfather, when my maternal grandfather got sick, mm-hmm. okay, he didn't have a power of attorney or health care proxy. Yeah, this was 1984. Right. A couple years ago. My mother and his wife, who was my who was actually his second his second wife, my my maternal grandmother had passed away before I was born. My mother and his ex wife used to get into battle royals over his treatment. I mean, I can still remember it's thirty years ago, and I can still my ears are still ringing over those two. Because you know she was a nice woman, but she was just out of it. She couldn't make a decision, and the doctors didn't know what to do. They couldn't know who to listen to. They were giving conflicting instructions. Yeah, I'm going to have a problem with my brother when something happens to yeah. my family. I mean, that's why I said, you know, you have yeah. one person, and that person makes – he's the decider guy, you know, to quote mm-hmm. George, George W. Bush. Because well, see, when, my, when my uncle passed away about 11 years ago, this was, he just said out loud he never had a will. He said he left everything to me, right, because he knew I would dish out things accordingly. Right. He just knows I'm an honest guy like that. And But let me tell you something. Before he was even in the ground, there were people coming through his house looking through things and who was going to get what. And and what I did was I took all his money and I put it in an account for all the younger kids who haven't even gone right. to college yet for a college fund, right? So, but everyone else, I didn't tell everyone, that, you know, tons of people what I did, but they were saying, oh, oh, he got all the money and he got this and he got that. You know what I mean? People were fighting over the, the stupidest things and they didn't know anything about it. But if he had right. a will... It would have been ended. Yeah, that's no the other thing. I always recommend people, you know, get a will. It's not just for super rich people. I've done more wills for family members than I care to count. I think I did a will for every member of my family. And let's put this out there right now. I know we when we usually talk and have Ken talk on this show, we always promote Ken as a defense attorney. But Ken also practices family law and immigration law, which we have mentioned immigration because we've helped them all. But Ken does practice family law also. But I got to ask Ken this question real quick. What is the what is the age that you feel um, that someone should get a living will? Like right now, I'm I'm 50. I don't have a living will yet. My I think if you're eight, if you're if you're 18 years old, you should have a living will, health care, prophecy, and power of attorney. 18. Wow. Yes. But how because does that? You, I mean, because you can always redo it, right? Right. You can always redo it. You know, living wills, all those things are redone. My point is, anybody 18 or above should have it because under 18, your parent makes the decision. Mm-hmm. What if you don't have much, Keith or Ken? What if you don't have much? Doesn't make a difference. You can do a simple will saying, "I be by devise and bequest everything to so and so." Could you do a verbal? Could you do a verbal like like right now? I have you you guys on the on online right here, right? Uh, No, you can't. Anything and if anything ever happens to me on air right now, the only thing I want you two to do is come get all the computers out of my house and and throw them in the river. No, you can't. You need to write that in writing. It's called a holographic will. Yeah. Even though you're attorney, Ken, that doesn't. That's not a. That's not. Nope. A nope. Uniform pro, the UPC, known as the Uniform Probate Code, specifically uh, forbids anything other than a typed written will. Got it. I think that's where people get lost. They just don't know. Like all along, I thought I could write on a piece of paper and sign it and say only I want. Only if you're only if you're a soldier in a war zone. Wow. That's okay. covered by the Soldier and Sailors Relief Act of 1944. And wow. why is that? Explain that. That's that's. I feel that might be important information. Can you there is something called the Soldiers and Sailors Relief Act of 1944 that was designed to give soldiers in the field of battle certain exceptions. And one of them was writing wills because they figured if you're in the middle of a battlefield, you're not going to be able to find a typewriter. 
So they were given the exception. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. That makes a lot of Ironically, sense. Ironically, one of the things in the military they do now is anyone who's being deployed to a forward combat area, what they call it, they jag officers will make you fill out a will. Mm-hmm. They will. See, but wow. I'm afraid if I had like a bunch of money and, you know, say I go to my brother, man, hey, say I got a couple million dollars in bank. Look, I want to put you as, you know, all this and all that. I want to, you be in charge of my will. Like, I'd be worried about people that want to kill me if they knew they were in that. You know what I mean? Like, just to collect. Well, you know, I hate to say this. I've got a great uncle who's quite wealthy. He's in a very, very successful position. He's in his late 70s. He's still kicking around. My father did pretty well. He's still kicking around. There's a number of people who I know who are in their 70s and 80s with a lot of money, and don't worry about it. Yeah, but you don't have as many friends <clears throat> in your family as I do. <laughs> that, that could be true. Well, then don't tell them about you know, <clears throat> you know, leave the will with your attorney, and just you know, the attorney. Then after you die, then he calls up the heirs and said, "Oh, by the way, you've been mentioned." Gotcha. Like for like for example, I when my paternal grandfather died. I was in his will. I didn't know that until after he died. I got called by the attorney. I had assumed that everything went to my mother. Right. And apparently, no, he left it to my brother and I. I didn't know that until after he died. Hmm. Well, well, let me let me ask you this. Now, I have a friend who his grandmother died, right? And she, her grandparents died. They had a lot of money, a couple million dollars. They left his father in charge of the will, right? Okay. So... I would assume, since how this was her only grandson, that she would have left them. They would have left them something, right? But the father said, "No, he left everything to me." And he said, "But you know, I want to give you a couple things here and there, right?" Okay. Could, now, could he be really hustling his son, and nobody would ever find out because he was uh, the executor of the will? Yes and no. If there's a will, the will has to be probated and has to be placed on file in the court, and you can see what it is. Yeah, but would they call him, like would they call his son and say, "Oh, you were in this will and you're owed this"? No, no. But the son can go to the court and pull it up and take a look at it. That's what he should do then. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think his father like, pulling a fast one over him. For example, uh, John F. Kennedy's will is on file in the Barnesville Probate Court. Still is. You can go look it up if you want to. Wow. Uh, wow. Jagger uh, Hoover's will it was on the file. You can go look it up. There are a lot of people. Wow. Very good, good stuff. I'm going to do that tonight. Good stuff. Thank you. You know what? I got to give Ken a big thanks for coming. And like I said, you know what? I, I, I Look, this is why this show is the way it is. We are probably one of the most underrated shows out there on the internet. And here's the reason why we're not doing what we're doing. And it's all because of one word. We've been telling people to tune into the booth and listen to the booth. And I'm watching all of these other shows turn and be successful. And there are actually shows out there that they're actually going live. They're doing live performances. And they're, and their people are paying tickets. They had a show in Boston, in downtown Boston, where people were paying $40 a ticket to see a live podcast. Oh, my God. All these people now, they're throwing... Dude podcast at the end of their show's name and these people are putting on shows now we've been doing podcasts before even it was called a podcast which is crazy but i'm thinking officially right now we've been called the booth we are officially going to have to be called the booth podcast i think i'm going to have to look into this and get us copyrighted i think we need to start just putting some shirts out there or something because we've been doing this a long time we've got we've had a lot of great guests on the show we've had a lot of great people with this show but i think it's time for us to just 
start taking the, the credit that we need to take. And um, I think we need to start kicking ass and taking names. And don't you think the booth, we were doing live shows before anybody out there. We were broadcasting live and doing our show. We were, I mean, we have done from the Westgate Pub, the uh, Brockton Rocks. Brockton Rocks. We did it from Brio Raps a bunch of times. Yep. So uh, and let's and I just let I just let people know this thing of doing live podcast people is nothing new. They were done in radio a long time ago, and they were called remotes. Yeah, people. exactly. But I think with this show more than any, I think with this show more than anything, though, guys, you touched down on. Like I'm going to be honest with you, when you guys first start coming, I was one of your first listeners, right? Mm-hmm. And I was into going. Oh my God, this is garbage. I didn't like it. I'm just beyond. I never thought in a million years I would tune in every Tuesday to list you guys and be on the show way back when, when I first heard you guys, mm-hmm. because you touch down on so many different things. It's not like the show, you know, you go to these other We're shows. We're like mold. We grow on you. Yeah, you do. You And, and it's, it's, I like tonight. I'm, I'm friends with you guys, but my ears glued to everything, you know, so I know it's helpful. And right. we're all mature guys, but you guys but, really yeah. put in your time. And I've we, told people that this show, this is a show that, you know, we have, sometimes we have a set, a set show as to what we're doing. But, and, and when I'm booking guests, I'll tell guests this. When guests come on, I say, look, I'm going to book you for your usual 10 minute interview. But if the interview is going good, we're going to keep you on. We're just going to let it flow because it's, it's the best for the show. Like tonight, I, I wanted Ken to come on and just talk a little bit about Living Wheels and stuff. But Ken was giving us so much information that we're now at 727. And I'm like, you know, I got to just let him go because. If somebody listens to this show or this podcast and they say, man, these guys really helped me out, then, hey, I'm happy. We did our job. Yeah, we want to talk about the Patriots. Yeah, we want to talk about Trump. Yeah, we want to talk about this and that. But if we can help people out and, and, and entertain people at the same time, damn, I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. You can explain your longevity. I mean, you guys love what you do, and that's, that's what shows yeah. most. You know? wait, wait, I mean, give me an idea. We, I mean, people forget what we've done. We broke – Veteran suicide before anyone was talking about it. Armin Contain was on our show. Mm-hmm. We broke any number of entertainers. I forgot the list is so long. I don't think I have. I have thirty three minutes. I don't think I cover them all. Uh, we had Joe Lozon on this show before he went to Hawaii and right. um, upset the world by upsetting Jens Pulver. We had him on the show. We had John Doomsday Howard on this show before he became a UFC star. We had. Uh, Man, there's so many MMA Tony stars. Tony Atlas was my favorite guest. Tony, yep, Atlas. Tony Atlas was on this show. Um, I right. actually interviewed um, Brian Bosworth and and made the guy cry on the air and shocked the crap out of me. We interviewed so many people on this show. There's just so um, much that we've done. There was a documentary that I saw. Oh God! And it just went off. It, it, it's believe it or not, it's coming back. Uh, the elderlies who sing rock songs. Oh, what is it? Oh, come on, help me out. Oh, I know you're talking about from the North Shore. Right. Um, oh, my God. I got their T-shirt in my drawer. I actually I contacted know. them about three weeks ago because my mother wanted to do it, but they only take North Shore residents. They don't have a South Shore chapter. And it's, um, oh, my God, their name escapes me. But anyway, there, there was a documentary done on them a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. That documentary is actually coming back. It's won yeah. all kinds of awards. Uh, they're doing like an update. Unfortunately, many people in the documentary have since passed away. Yes, yes, they like, have a memoriam. When you go to their website, they actually right. the first thing you come to is a memoriam yeah. of. of uh, we broke that before anybody, and now it's all all over the place. So, we're the booth, okay? Yep. We, we had, propose we had, the nation disposes. Okay. You're the, the support, you're the biggest support system on the on the net today. 
<laughs> and somebody and people go on my friends list and they're like, holy Christ, they're like, How are you friends with this one? How are you friends with this person? They're like, I'm like, Oh, we had them on the show and they just stayed friends and they remained friends. They, right. Some people they'll hit me up out the blue and hit me up on Facebook. But for a great for like a prime example, on my friends friends page, FD Martin's daughter, Deanna Martin. Dean yep. Martin, the freaking legend. She's friends with me on Facebook. She 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 follows things from time to time. She'll send me messages or say hello. She came on our show and we talked about the fact that they're making a Rat Pack movie. And she come on our show and said, "I want Johnny Depp to play my dad." And it was right. big. It was like it's like oh my god. It ended up in the a Hollywood Variety paper, and it was it was a big deal. But when we tell people like you had Dean Martin's daughter on your show, and then the week before we had some rapper on from Atlanta, so people like. What's your format? We don't really have a format. This is we do what we want to do. If we can have Dean Martin's daughter on one week and then have like someone like my cousins from the Yin Yang Twins on the following week, we're gonna do that. We're not here to please a, a radio station format. We're here to do what we want and have who we want on. You could be a white male, sixty years old, and love us that week before, and then tune in the following week, and then your twenty-year-old grandson. Who you know what I'm saying? The 20 year old right. grandson's gonna love this. No, show. but we, you know, that's how we roll. Well, I mean, we we are, you know, we are the catch all basin. And well, and, and and Mike said it best. Mike said when he first listened to the show, he hated us. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people when they first come on our show, they hate us they're, because they're like, what are these guys doing? They're all over the place. It's like OCD on podcasts. And and, and then when you start listening to the show week after week after week, you're like, wait a minute, these guys are different. These guys are talking about like like one of the things that I do I'm friends with a lot of people in mainstream radio a lot of people and I'm always shouting them out I'm always sharing their stuff and, and doing all this stuff I know that a lot of these people that I'm friends with on terrestrial radio they can't share anything about the booth because they'd lose their jobs and they catch a lot yeah. of shit you know but I get it they understand they respect the craft and you know what if I can plug Kevin Tachi or plug Melissa from Hot 96.9 or, or Wiggy or, or, or these guys from um, Hot 97.7, the new R&B station. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Why? Because our format allows us to do that. You know what I'm saying? We're here, yeah. to, we're here to do something like that. And like I said, Mike said it best. When you first listen to the show, you're probably like, holy Christ. <laughs> but I never I never thought I would blow off a hot date on a Tuesday just to listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> but we've, and we've, had some, we've, had some, we've had some rappers on here that some musical guests that they're going pretty good right now. And I keep an eye on them and, you know, we've had some people on here, Nick Newell. We've yeah, had, you know what, you know, you know what though, all, all the guests, yeah. all the guests you've had on your show over the years, which is so many uh, famous people and stuff. I've really enjoyed the common people you interview more than anything, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More than the stars. Cause you've had some great, you know, the kid who got sick and passed away and, you know, I remember yep. shows like that and just, you, yes, you guys, some people that aren't famous are the best shows I think you guys do. We actually let real. we actually let him come on and host an entire show. Yep. I'm so glad that we have that show in our archives. Um, from time to time, his mother will say, "You know what? I played that show," and I'm like, "You know what? That's that's why we did that. That's why it wasn't because you know we 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 were here just to be here. We did that because when I saw the story about this kid, and I said, "How can I help this kid?" and I was like you know what yeah he's got he's got he's got he's got a brain tumor and it's not good and when i talk i remember when i set the whole thing up i said you know what can he do it and she's like you know what he may not be able to do it but let's do it and we got him on the show and the kid did the full two he did the full two hours yeah 
I remember And this. then I said, the kid's a trooper. I said, you know what? I got to do more for this kid. So we went, and I brought him to meet John Doomsday Howard. We went, to, we went down to his gym, and then we went to his house. John stepped up and went to his house with me when the kid was about to pass away. And I remember, me and John were standing in his bedroom. This kid was at death's door. And John said to him, he said, look, I'm fighting in two weeks. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout you out if I win my fight. And I was almost in tears, almost in tears hearing John say this and promise this to this kid because this kid was in a bad freaking way when we went to see him. It was, I remember it was four days before Christmas and it was Christmas day. His mother hit me up and I'm like, I'm like, how's she doing? She goes, man, Keith, she goes, I don't know about this visit, but he's going, he's, he's here and he's holding on. And I said, oh my God. And I said, well, John's fighting in one more week. And sure enough, John fought. John won, and at the end of his fight, John shouted out Jason and, and said and said Boston strong, and I I had a tear in my eye. Shortly wow. later after that, he passed away, and I was like, man, he he this kid held it together. He stayed for Christmas and was with his whole family for Christmas, and then the last thing that he was able to see was John win that fight, and John shouted him out, and me and John actually went. We drove out to Northampton for the kid's funeral for Jason's wow. funeral. Wow. And, um, I, you know, I was broken up, man. I can tell you right now. And, and I would do it again. I would do it again for another but kid. Those are the, but those are the stories of the interviews that I like that you do, stuff like that with those guys. Because we can all get the fair share of famous people. And don't get me wrong. It's great to hear because you interview them differently than they're used to being interviewed. But mm-hmm. the common folk, I mean, you guys came on after the bombing and all that. I mean, just everything about it, you know, everything about yeah. the show. It's just yep. honesty. Yep. We kicked – and I'm, I'm going to toot our own horn, but look – we kicked ass on the Aaron Hernandez, and I'm gonna just let people know nobody came close to us with Aaron Hernandez, and I was and I was blessed because I got a defense attorney Ken sitting right here, and I had I had Frank, who's a Brockton cop, but he was still getting information from from his people because the talk amongst cops was coming in fast and furious, and yeah, Ken, Ken and, and and Frank Frank being a cop, Frank had to kind of navigate the, the the broadcast waters without getting himself into trouble, but when it came to Aaron Hernandez. We nailed it. We nailed it, and we actually had John David on with us that night that yep. we went live. We actually yeah. went live with the guys from um, from um, what was it? TUS. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Well, in, we in, broke it. We broke it down, and we said, "If this happens, this is this is going to happen. If this happens, this is going to happen." And we were right. We were dead on. I was like, "Oh my God, we're smarter than we yep. think we are." And every, <laughs> everything that happened, everything that happened with Aaron Hernandez, we were dead. We were dead on. We were way ahead of every other radio station. And, Show out there. And let me say this too, in, in final talking about this for me, is you got to understand all the years, and this is to the people that are listening, all the years these guys have been doing this, they've never taken a dime for doing it. Their own time and effort because they love it. And you yep. can't beat that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is, you know, hey, you know, all of us have got day jobs, as they say. That's right. <laughs> and we, we actually got together. People, people don't know this. There's a guy named Mark Chappetta who had a, had a radio show, and Mark actually was friends with all of us independently. We didn't know each other, and we met through Mark, and then we all got along great, and then we did it, and we still are doing our day jobs. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to come in yeah. on weekends. We were, you know, then Friday afternoon, and now Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a blast. But it's I did notice one. I did notice one thing too. The ratings always go up when Ken's not on, though. 
Oh, you are cruel. You are lying and you are cruel. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, this is good stuff though. I, I gotta, yeah, I gotta say that and get us back on track. But yeah, w- one of the things I did want to talk about is the fact that we're we're gonna be adding podcasts to the back of our show. And as much as I hate to do it and have to do it to compete with all these other people out there, yeah. I, I gotta do it because I think we're gonna be headed to this point where Tony actually talked about it and. He feels that we may have to go back to going out remotely. And I'm like I said, if people are getting $40 a ticket to do a live podcast, are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure we couldn't we- even get we, we couldn't even get free food. I mean, I mean, this can I just say this? I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to name any names here, but we we live podcast from a bunch of restaurants in the greater Brockton area. OK, OK. Uh-huh. You know, we and we tell you know we're hey we're broadcasting for Tony. Stop by and say hello, right? So when we order, we have to pay for our own food. We don't even get a discount. <laughs> oh, yeah, some 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 places were like that. And I still love those places because you yeah. know I'm not gonna say I'm not making some, any names here. There were know? some places that did hook us up with food, and there are some places like I know Alex at Burrito Wraps. I know every time I took my family oh, in yeah. there. Best of service. He always, always oh, yeah. thanked uh, well, us for bringing him on as a right, sponsor. Exactly. Alex, Alex, no, not only that, Alex brought us food. Remember that first time he brought us, like, lunch? The first time? Oh, uh, yeah. The, oh, the time he brought the giant-ass burritos to the stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, my good Lord, Alex. Oh, You know what you guys rest. need to do? You know what you guys need to do? You guys need to, on your site where people go to listen to this, you need to have a PayPal button there. It, there you, you go, want, yeah. People, people want to donate? People want to donate? They want nicer things. This is how you get it. Hey, WGBH and uh, 98.9. I mean, 88.9. WERS, the college stations. You know, yeah, here you go. Google does. Hey, Google does. Google has a little thing there if you want to donate to Google. Donate, you know. One dollar, Patreon does that too. It's a whole mess of stuff. Like, yeah. we can do that. I mean, and we got a lot of big things coming. Like I said, you know, Hoobazoo is growing. Um, we're evolving. We've got some big things coming. We've had some great hit shows. Uh, Travis Partington from from Oscar Mike Radio. This is a guy who walked up to me and Ken at the end of a uh, uh, Dale Dorman uh, dedication at Massasoit. This guy walks up to us. You know, he's got his eyes wide open, his ears wide open. Oh, yeah. He listened to everything we said, and he said, guys, I have an idea for a show. What's the show? He tells us, I says, look, I says, and I looked at him and I, said, I remember telling Travis, I says, I'm not going to bullshit you. And I come straight out. It was him and another kid. I right. said, I can have you on the air in one month doing your show. And he says, no way. He says, I've talked to this person. I've talked to that person. And they told me that it wouldn't happen. I said, I'm just telling you right now. I know what we do and I know what we have to offer people. And we can have you on the air in one month. And he said, okay, I'm going to go with you guys. And there was another kid there who said the same thing, and I said, I'm telling you right. the same thing. He you didn't come what? to us. Well, Travis yeah, but did, here's the Travis thing. Is, Travis well, right now, Travis's show is probably surpassing our show right now. He's picking up such a following military-wise. Yeah. And, I, and well, I, I sit there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm so happy for this guy because yeah. he, we didn't well, let I him think down. Some back, I think some background is in order. We, both Keith and I, were – very pleased to be asked to speak at Massasoit Community College. Been asked um, again this year too. I just want to put that out there. Oh, we've been asked again. And when were you going to tell me? Come again. Yep, it's in uh, May. Well, um, and so when I, were you going to tell me? Like I, day before I, I did, May. Did, I did send a group chat out there, but I don't think you were part of that group chat. I think. Oh, great! Thank you very, very much. See, this is the respect I get. I, I so anyway, 
we gave a rather lengthy lecture, both Keith and I, on both the commercial and legal aspects of internet radio, what you need to do, how you need to promote yourself, how you can protect yourself from copyright issues. That was a great audience. What, about 40, 50 people? Yeah, it was. I was surprised how many people showed up. I, I know. I was, like three, yeah, I was expecting to have like three people show up to watch us, and we and then they ended up being the full room with some standing room only people. Right. And I was like, oh, jeez. And we met some really great people who had ideas, and, and I was like, okay, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what we do. And one of them was Travis, and he now has got Oscar Mike Radio, which is fantastic, by the way. Can we plug his 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 uh, show on our show? Yeah, hell yeah! Hell uh, yeah, plug I mean, Travis's show on Thursday nights, Oscar Mike Radio. Really should. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a 909-stroke CEC, which is basically military talk for cake-eating civilian. That's what I'm referred to by my friends in the military, a 909-stroke CEC, cake-eating civilian. And I love the show. And it's really interesting because I think for those of you who have never been in the military, I'm not. I'm one of them. It really gives you an insight on what it's like to be there. It's a different culture, different like. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, we were very lucky. My former roommate uh, from college, Lieutenant Colonel Dix, came on our show one time. If you're in yes, we'd like to get him on Oscar Mike Radio. And, and let's go back to this Mike Fury thing about just having common people as guests. Mike, I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I have a close personal friend. She lives down south. And um, her name is Jill St. Jacques. She's married to a good friend of mine. She has this little thing where she knits blankets and hats and stuff for veterans with the yarn that people donate. And, you know, from, you know, I've known her for years. I've known that she's done this, but I never was able to talk to her to come on the booth. And I've always wanted her to come on the booth and talk about it. She's always been like, no, I'm scared. No, I'm nervous. No, I'm not. One time I said to Travis, I said, Travis, look at this person for me. And Travis says, that's unique. Can you get her on my show? I says, I'm going to work on it. I says, Travis, I've known this girl for years. I've never been able to get her on our show to talk about it. When I reached out to her, I says, look, here's the deal, Jill. I know you don't want to come on radio or interview, but this guy is a Marine veteran. I says, I think what you do is going to fit to be on his show. I, I almost had to break her arm to do it, Mike, but, <laughs> yeah. she, but she did it. She did an interview off air. He, 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 he produced it. He put the show out there, and it was one of his biggest shows to the point where he was able to take in a, a, a donation of yarn and ship it down to her. And Travis has also picked up knitting himself, and he you can see him on Instagram from time to time He's posting pictures of him knitting blankets and all this wow. stuff. He owes it. He owes it to Jill and her story of giving back to the veterans. And you know, a lot of people, mainstream media would never touch this story. But for me, when I saw that and I saw this getting out there and all these veterans now telling Jill, Jill hits me up in a private message and says, "Keith, you know something? I would have never done this, but I'm glad I did it." And it had me in tears because yeah. that's. That's my gratification. I don't care about money or anything like that. If I can help somebody and, and get that back and say, yep, here we go. Here's another veteran who's down or out, and, you know, his spirits were brought up because somebody knitted him a, a nice blanket. So while he's in the in the VA and, and trying to recover from whatever injury or whatever, for me, that – shoot, me and, and – we I, I, look, Mike, I talked about this on your show when you interviewed me. We talked about things just like this. This is yeah. the type of stuff. That pays off for me. It does. I mean, what else would explain you guys constantly doing this year after 
after year after year after year. Having yeah, to I, I don't even know how many years we've been doing this. It's got to be, what, 12 years? And I haven't even counted how many shows we've done, to be honest. We've never celebrated our 50th show. We've never celebrated our 100th show. We've never cel- – I, I, look, I have no idea how many shows we're into. I mean, I could go back and probably get some intern to count them up for us so we could prepare. Well, what for- was our first show? When did we first start doing this? Oh, Let's figure Ken, this out. Ken, we've been doing this – okay, so we've been doing on the mark for, Jesus, I don't know how long. We became the booth, I want to say, late 2000 – like, after I was in the game plan, so – We've been doing this, the booth, close, I want to say, five years. No, I think it's longer than that. I mean, the the booth. I think the booth is five years, but we've well, been... I mean, well, I we, mean... Officially we, we did, officially, we were still on the mark for a while. I think, right. we, I think we became the booth... Did that after, well? After, yeah, after Mark finally had to go take care right. of his kids. I, I'll have to look it up. I'm going to have well, to. Okay, let's my, assume. I, let's assume. Let's assume forty shows a year. Okay, assume that we, you know, that we do forty shows a year. Yep. Which okay. is easily. Which is easy yeah. because you know sometimes we take time off for vacation yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, fifty-two weeks. Yep. Oh, so okay. say forty, say 40 shows, a year. shows a year. Five years. That's two hundred shows. Yeah. We're. Yeah. Yeah. That's not including our special shows. If we've done a couple of shows where we we broadcast live from MMA events mm-hmm. and other stuff like that. We've yep. done special shows. Uh, God. So, yeah. How long were you on Indie Republic for? You know, and that's a good story, and I don't want to crap on Indie Republic. Indie no. Republic was, was good for us, and and, and, and I got to give a big shout-out to my man, Cyber, who I haven't been able to get in touch. But I love freaking Cyber to death. I remember I first came to Indie Republic through my cousin, and I was on the, the D-Rock uh the D-Rock show. The Big Rock show. The Big Rock show. I remember. And they brought me on this show. And Cyber told these guys right up front, hey, this kid's from Boston. Look, he's got his own show. Don't sleep on him. And, and I'm not going to lie. And I'm not, I don't want to put throw him on the bus. But they slept on me. And every week, they only had me on as this sports guy from Boston. And then every chance they got, because they were all big Lakers fans. And every chance they got, they used me as their whipping post to just pick on me. <laughs> pick on me. And Cyber kept saying, look, when you let this guy talk, he's going it, to, it, it's not going to be nice. And one night, they let me talk instead of just giving what was going on here in Boston. And I, I destroyed these guys when it came to talking. And they, and I, we, because we had the chat open. And then the guy was like, oh, damn. And then Cyber's like, yep. And then Cyber, I remember Cyber kept telling him, if you want your show to rock, you got to get them involved. Well, let's put it this way. And they kind that of, was 2000. Yeah, they kind of slept that, on it. That was 2010, Keith. Okay. Yep. So there's seven years right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, so and I, was, brought, I was already on radio before that on WXBR with these guys. But, but right, Cyber. Because... And then when, then when Cyber says, hey, bring your booth over to us. Screw the big rock show. He said, bring your show over. Cyber was the first one to bring us over to Indy. And then I had to go and I actually had to go and talk to Ken and Frank, because at that time we were on hiatus from XBI because XBI right. was, was getting ready to go off the air and they were having issues. And um, I remember saying, Hey, I got this offer. It's Indy Republic. It's kind of a hip hop network, but I think we can make it work. And I remember Frank was like, I don't care. Frank's like, let's go. Let's do it. You yeah. Know, and Ken, Ken was like, I'm ready. You know, the, uh, there was never I any. Care. There was, yeah, there was yeah, no. Frigate, I'll do anything, let's know. go. We, and you know what? We were this, we were this 
cool ass show with two white guys and a black guy on this black indie republic, you know, hip hop network with all the crazy hip hop intros and stuff. And Cyber was every week. I remember Cyber was like, "Damn, you guys are killing it." You yeah, know? but and, see, but see, I thought it was three white guys on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it happens, man. It happens. I, I, I don't know what to say, but hey, yeah, dude, yo, we, I, seriously, seriously, have you ever seen Keith like, like someone hit when he? I, no disrespect, but sometimes he gets, he gets, he breaks out his ghetto side. Look, oh, I've seen, a, I've heard the ghetto side a few times. My, my ghetto side almost came out this Sunday at Home Depot when this dude we asked for help. I asked, <laughs> I asked him to get a door down for us, and the first thing he says is, "Oh joy." First of all, bro, that's your job. I, I don't, I, you know what? I got it. You're not happy to be working on a Sunday morning. But then it turns into him talking down to my wife and getting ignorant to my wife to the point where Dawn has to say to me, be quiet. Because she knew I was pissed and I was ready to let this dude have it. And you know what? We handled our thing. And I went up and told the manager, I went up front to the, ser- you know, the service desk. And as soon as he knew I went to the service desk, all of a sudden this tune changed. And he wants to throw out apologies to everybody, but you know that I I have a black side. I got to say that <laughs> I, I do have a I do have a black side. And it's usually that's the bad side when it when it comes out. So <laughs> I've heard a few stories about it, man. I never want to see that black. Yeah, guy. <laughs> it's it's usually the bad side. <laughs> it's it, when the black side comes out. I have to say, so I'm not I'm not proud of that, but. Well, I was really shocked the first time I met you in person because I really thought you were a white guy. (laughs) A lot of people have said that. Yeah. Oh, you are. Oh, please. So, look, we got we got a lot of stuff still to talk about. We're probably going to run a little bit over tonight just because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But our Patriots get ready to make some moves. They've got a lot of free agents. You know what? All I can say is, in Belichick, we trust. This guy has never messed up. I'm gonna just going to keep it short and sweet and say, in Belichick, we trust. If we lose Dante Hightower, we lose Dante Hightower. If we lose Logan Ryan, we lose Logan Ryan. I got it. And I know that these guys, they're in the union, and they have to sign, they have to sign a contract that's not going to hurt the guy that's below them in this union ladder throughout the NFL. I got it. I know how it works. I'm not going to spend all my time on it, but... Bill Belichick graduated from college. He he majored in finances. So in Belichick, we trust. That's all I got to say. I don't know, Ken, if you want to add anything to that real quick. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, there have been a couple of calls that I, I had not liked as a fan, but it was good for the organization. Mm-hmm. And I really think, you know, honestly, I think we should – I mean, I'm really worried about losing uh, Jimmy G. I think we're going to lose him to free agency this year. I'm not afraid. Let him go. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've proven it doesn't matter who they lose as long as it's not Belichick or Brady. Right, exactly. Uh, Brady, you know, Brady uh, said he's not going to Brady said he's yeah, here for Brady, the no, Brady's here for the duration. Brady's he told the wife. Listen, he can say all he wants until he gets injured one more time. True, true, true. But he's he's let it be known he's here for another three years. That means you put Jimmy you put Jimmy G out there as as trade bait to move yourself up in the draft. Um, I see. Jimmy I G would G. like to see Logan Ryan stay with us. I'd also like to see. I'm more concerned about these are the people I, I'm worried about losing is Dion Lewis, yep, um, Demi Am, uh, Amendola, yep. Uh, God, I'm I'm going to say what I was about to say. Rest West Welker again. Yeah, I don't know why I got that man on my brain. I mean, he has been here for what two, three years. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. Uh, come on, our slot receiver. Who is he? Oh God, why well, can't I remember this man? You said Welker. Name? He's gone. I know, it's, but I keep mixing up our receiver. Who is he? Edelman. Oh, Edelman. Edelman. Thank you. I can't remember Elman's name. Look, 
Yeah, I don't, Edelman's not up this year, so he's not. He, he's not. I'm worried about them being traded. Free yeah, I'm. You know. No, I don't think you see them trade him away. They, if they were going to trade him, they would have traded him at the at the trade deadline. That's that's not happening. They're going to step up Hogan's role this year. I guarantee that. Yes, they are. They're hey, Mister Mister Seven Eleven. You know why they call him Seven Eleven, don't you? Yeah, he's always open. Hogan, Hogan could be the guy, and you know what? There are some people out there saying that that they may dump Gronk. Um, I don't see it. I mean, yes, he's. Had I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to take Gronk because whoever takes Gronk is going to have to take a big contract. And unfortunately, yeah. I love Gronk. I got a man crush on him. The guy's an injury factory. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere. So, like, why I said, do they I call it Seven Eleven when it's it's open from seven to eleven? Most of them. That's how it started. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, that's the, well. The, that's the joke. Back then, people didn't. You know that that was uh, open past the hours. Most stores were. That's why they're always open. Seven Eleven, the Tedeschi super, the Tedeschi gas stations and stuff. I am hearing they are sold to Seven Eleven. So the Tedeschi Mart, that's like two blocks from my house, is turning into a Seven Eleven. That is the most dangerous thing to have Slurpees two blocks from your house. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm just letting people know right now. That's a bad, bad thing. <laughs> so, look. Okay, all I can say this, all I can say this, they bring back the root beer Slurpee, I'm done. From time to time, they do bring those back. You have to keep an eye on that. So I, I know, I'm talking about as a regular flavor. Yeah, so we got, we got a lot of stuff here. I, I go to talk about, so we touch base, we touch base on the pats a little bit. Um, not really big news in the NFL, not much right now. Uh, we had NASCAR, Daytona 500. I was watching, I was tweeting, I was sending all my stuff this weekend. And you know what? I sat there, I was watching. I actually called what was going to happen. It happened. Freaking Kurt Busch makes a move and uh, he, he pretty much just does what he has to do to get that win. And well, um, How about basketball? Darren Williams signing with Cleveland, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, that's you know what? That started when... LeBron was making all this noise about not having the people he needed to, to bring back that. Look, I don't care what they do in Cleveland. The GSW, Golden State Warriors, who clinched their playoff spot in the fastest amount of time in NBA history. I'm sorry. I cannot see the Golden State Warriors tanking to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the championship finals again. I think this time the Warriors put the Oh, please. Yeah, I'm Please. sorry. The GSW plays in one of the the weakest divisions in all of professional sports. They everything has gone their way this year, especially with regards to injuries, not having them. I'm sorry. There's you know this What is about playoff, stacking baby. the teams that way though? I don't I just don't like that the stacking the teams like that. Look, the NBA the NBA has made the, the, the they've made it like that. They've made it so these teams can stack the teams and it makes for boring basketball. That's why I'm that's why I'm really rooting for the Celtics to go where they're going because the Celtics are doing it quietly. Danny Ainge caught a lot of flack because um he didn't make any trades at the trade deadline, but for me, I feel the trade deadline is too late in the season and I feel if you've got good chemistry, if you can't get a solid guy to come in and perform and play with this team without destroying the chemistry, I don't think a major trade is – I think it's it's not worth it if you're going to mess up your chemistry. Uh, uh, we right. saw uh, this uh, with the Knicks, with Jeremy Lin. Remember the Knicks? 
Carmelo yep. Anthony come back, and Carmelo yep. Anthony came back, and I told everybody, up oh, there goes the team. Nope, 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 we got Jeremy. I said, no, because Carmelo Anthony doesn't like Jeremy Lin taking all that time on the floor. Carmelo Anthony is going to come back, and they're going to trade Lin. Guess what they did? They he came back. They traded Jeremy Lin. Yeah, they wanted too much money. And fired the coach. Yep, and they, yeah, but Lin, yep. wanted, Lin wanted too much money. He wasn't worth that money. No, he wasn't. He wasn't, but, but they could have kept him. They could have kept him. They got rid of him because Carmelo Anthony wanted him gone because he wanted that playing time. And then they fired the coach who wanted to, you know. And and when Carmelo Anthony came back, he ruined the chemistry on that team. Yeah, they, they, I mean, listen, the, Carmelo's got to go. I'd the, Knicks, see, the Knicks were playoff bound that year. Let's be honest. The Knicks that year when Linsanity was going crazy, they were playoff bound that year. And then Carmelo Anthony single-handedly tanked that 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 whole playoff run. Listen, I'd, hey. rather, see, I'd rather see Tim Tebow replace Carmelo Anthony at this point, man. I, I love he's Carmelo. with the Mets now. God, yeah. boys, with the Mets now, if you can believe that. Boy, there were rumors There were rumors of uh, Carmelo Anthony coming to the Celtics. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Keep him. Keep him. We don't want that cancer. Keep him. Anybody here who's a Celtics fan that says we need Carmelo Anthony here is not a Celtics fan. You don't know what you're talking about. Nope, nope, nope. Keep him away. Keep the cancer away. We don't need Carmelo Anthony. Nope. Nope. I, we're doing a good job right now with Isaiah Thomas, so. Look, the Celtics are doing real good right now. They're two games out of first place. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the chemistry going. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Um, let's get into well, Donald Trump. Gentlemen, can we talk about something really important? Yep, that, of ahead. course, is baseball season. Pitchers and catchers have already reported, and I yep. am waiting for Red Sox Nation. But this is going to be a really freaking good year. Well, Roly Poli lost a ton of weight, so we're dying to see what's going to happen because he's going to have to take Big Poppy's spot at the bat. So let, let's see what happens. Um, games have started being played, I believe. Uh, uh, yes, they have. If you um, right, uh, let's see. I'm looking at the calendar right now. Unfortunately, we we did not do great uh, against the Yankees today. Uh, yeah, never, it's, it, that 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 whole thing has come. That thing has kind of died down now. It's not as big as it used to be. It it doesn't even really. Last year they had the problem. Shut with, your mouth, Yankee. Well, Yankee sucks. Peter Swallow. What are you about? We didn't do. We didn't sell out. We didn't, we didn't, we, well, you know what? The matchup isn't like it is, like it used to be, uh, because our younger fans aren't rabid fans like we were. Last yeah. year, they struggled to sell out the Yankees-Red Sox matchups on both sides. So even oh, here, yeah, I know. I, well, that's the problem. The problem is, I also, I, I know I'm going to take crap for this, and so get it out of your system right now, okay? Because I'm going to object to two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm going to object to interleague play. I think it's really bad for the baseball. The second I'm objecting to is this new playoff where they have like four, what they four divisions now. It's like it's well, you like get football. that you get like a wild card. You get like a wild card game. Yeah, I don't. No, 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 no. Go back to East and West Coast. No, I'm gonna get I don't know. I, I I like that. Why I like that so-called extra game at the end there. I and I I think it extends the season a little bit too long, but I like it because it has. How many times have we seen? Teams that are that finish close at the pennant, and you say, "Man, why didn't they get that chance to just?" I I, I like it. I, I like, like it. the interleague play a lot because I like to see the two cities battle against each other. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's I, that's why I like it. I I, I hate it. I uh, maybe I'll call me. Uh, maybe it's because that's what I grew up with. And I'm well, you're just that. you're you're an, uh, a, a baseball historian, and they don't want anything to change ever. You know, yeah, so exactly. I get that. You know, well, they've been my brother do, they, says. They got to do something because the younger the younger fans are completely different with the sport and how they like the sport. So these historians, they're gonna have to, and I know they're stubborn, but they're gonna have to figure it out because uh, 
these younger fans, they're not going to like, you know, what they see. And, and to be honest, they need to speed the game up. These four and five hour baseball games that they were having last oh, year. Oh yeah. Well, here, here's, here's another thing that I, that, that, okay. It's probably uh, going to get yelled at for. I am so sick of the pitch counts and them taking out uh, pitchers every other inning. I think you have. Well, okay. well, here's the problem with that. And this is why you have the four to five hour games. When you have a solid pitcher who's 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 RBI, you know they've got a great ERA. Now what these teams do is they make all their guys be patient at the plate, right? And they force the pitch count up on these good pitchers, right? And then they, that's yeah. Yeah. my yeah. point is make them stay in, and you know I don't care. Make them stay in like for five or six innings. I don't care if they get tired. Well, they well they are. That's the problem. They are making these guys stay in and running up the pitch count. And then this is what happens. It gets yeah, but the only way you're going to make baseball great again is stop paying everybody <laughs> because there's so much money involved. It's got to yeah. be a business first. It's it's horrible how much money these guys are getting. And, again, real quick, I'm just going to go back. Um, NASCAR did unveil a new format this year. The new format is is that they break up the races into segments and then they restart the uh, the field. I liked it. A lot of people, like these NASCAR people, these old fans, Look, it's a change. When you do these restarts, this is what you have, all these accidents. And the younger fans, this is what they want to see. They want to see the excitement. Yeah, well, I, I hate to say this uh, as it not being I'm, – I'm an anti-NASCAR person. Yep. So you, got, you got matter, anti-matter. I'm anti-matter. Uh-huh. I hate to say this. The only reason I tune in is for the accidents. Well, a lot of them this past Sunday, and I hate to go back to NASCAR, but you saw a lot of them. And the reason why is because of the restarts. And, you know, it's like this. It's the same thing when you have an accident on the highway and everybody Stop comes to a dead yep. stop. When they when when they clear the accident and everybody's allowed to go, it's a mad dash for everybody to get where they're going, and that's the equivalency of what a restart in NASCAR is right now. And this is why you have it. I was sitting here watching this Daytona race, and when they did the restart on the uh, second and third segments, there were a couple of times there. These guys went four wide at Daytona. I'm dying to see what's going to happen at Talladega when this happens. When you, when you go four wide, guess what? You're throwing caution to the wind, and anything goes. Anything can happen. This is when the wrecks happen. They were spending a lot of time at three wide. The only time they got single file was at the end of the race when they were conserving fuel. But other than that, um, I thought it was exciting myself. I wish Frank was on tonight so we could hear what he had to say. But Frank was it, not happy with it. it I, yeah, I it, he's, in, he's an old-school NASCAR guy. A lot of guys didn't like that restart. Yeah, his, well, here's the other thing. I think it's really dangerous for the restarts. And I, oh, and, oh, and I th- dangerous. And I think. I think that's the whole reason they're doing it is but because. As a fan, what would you rather? Would you rather have a guy like Jimmy Johnson who's dominant? Would you rather have him get four car links out and then just run those four car links ahead for 50 or 60 laps? It gets freaking boring after a while watching. Oh, uh, dude, dude, I'm right with you. I think NASCAR is boring. Yeah, I am so, just saying from a strictly safety so now, point of view, it's like, so uh, you bring them all in, they pit, they, they get this restart, and now a guy like Jimmy Johnson who was five car lengths ahead for the 20 laps, guess what? Now the field is tightened back up. you got to earn and, 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 and keep it going. I think if you're a true champion, earn that championship. I love the restart. I'm a fan. I'm going to be – I'm probably going to be a fan of this restart till 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 I die because I think it's awesome. Um, okay. it's, it's Again, I'm more I'm more concerned about the safety of the drivers because if you, people forget they're going 200 miles an hour, and you know, get people forget 200 miles an hour. I don't care how safe those cars are. I don't care how many roll cages they build. You t- you know, you go bumper to bumper, somebody's getting hurt. 
Yeah, but you said you tune in for the accidents. <laughs> yes, he's I know. Hip- well, he's I'm a hypocrite. A, no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just, I, I got a little bipolar here. I love the accidents, but the same, to- the same token, I'm a human being, and I don't want someone to die just for my entertainment unless it's a Yankee <laughs> fan. Yankee fans are a story. Or watch well, it down. Let's see what happens. Like I said, you know, we, we've got a tough one. We've had, a, we've got an incident here in Brockton where uh, two young kids were involved in an accident, and they were saying the reports are is one of these kids was racing when he lost his life. He didn't have a seatbelt on. He was thrown from the vehicle. I was actually caught up in the accident um, traffic last night because now when you have a fatality, this thing that they've been doing for years now is when there's an accident, there's a fatality. They close the high, they close wherever, and they have to bring out the reconstruction so they don't mess up any type of evidence or whatever they're doing. You, you know, they used to wait before, and then shit would get, you know, would get messed up. So right, that, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, down so they can collect everything. It's horrible. Right. It's preserving it the integrity of the scene is what is. Yes, and they, and they have to do it, and it's it stinks. I actually drove by, and uh, the medical examiner was just pulling in, which meant the body was still where it was. Where yeah. it was. Um, so it's sad. And then I get home this morning, and I find out that the young boy who was killed in the accident, thrown from the vehicle, is actually a friend of my boys in um, Mark's boys, this young kid Corey was actually in Father's Fight, and he was also at the premiere of Father's Fight. He's actually in pictures with our boys, and I believe he was also at the um, Mark's event that the Hoobazoo guys were at. Um, so our heart and prayers and blessings go out to his mother um, and the family who lost their son in this this horrendous, horrendous, horrendous accident on 24 last night. It just I tell you, it just brings Facebook to a horrible reality sometimes. You know, sometimes we use it for our social media, but sometimes you just go on there and it just changes the way you look at things in life and how close yeah. we're all connected. It's just unbelievable. But um, six minutes over, I said we're going to go a little bit over tonight. I got to get on Donald Trump. Donald Trump is having his uh, his first address is tonight. I believe it's at 9 o'clock. 9 yeah. to 10 to be precise. 9 to 10. It's going to be very interesting because the last time he spoke with the press, it didn't go well. I'm not happy with Mr. Trump right now um, and Mr. Spicer. Why? Because I've told people this, and I've been writing this from day one. When he called CNN fake news, I don't care what your opinion was of CNN and how biased or unbiased they were. I got it. Some people weren't happy how they dealt it. But here's the thing. CNN is a major news network. They still put news out there that's truthful. When he labeled CNN fake news, and then there was another outlet that he labeled fake news, I think a lot of media outlets were like, that that actually supported Trump during his run, during his campaign. I think a lot of them said, whoa, whoa, hold on here. As easy as he named them fake news and hurt their brand, that could very well be us. And what I started to start seeing is, is I started to see a lot of media outlets that actually supported Trump during his campaign have now kind of flip-flopped, and they're all starting to stick together. Why? And I'm telling people this, and people are like, oh, because it, it, no, it's because a media outlet's brand is it is its brand. When you start labeling someone as fake news, now he just turned around this week and he added New York Times into the lump of fake news um, because they posted an ad after the Oscars and the Grammys that he was not happy with, he tweeted about it, and he said, well, when you guys start fairly and accurately reporting stuff, then maybe we'll accept. And what did they do? Sean Spicer and Trump, they had a press conference earlier this week, and they did not allow CNN, Political, New York Times, and I forget the other outlet that they were. CBS, ABC. 
they were turned away from the White House and were told that they could not cover this event. Wait a minute, hold on. Don't we have freedom of the press here? Is this not a dictatorship where you're now controlling? And all my friends who voted for Trump, go ahead, you got it. You can vote for Trump. You had your right to vote for Trump. But for those people to come out now and, and try to Try to, uh, to 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 say he has every right to do this. I don't look. You can't agree with what he's doing right now. I'm sorry, and I got it. People can say CNN reported this wrong, and they were they were they they supported Clinton. I got it. But they, again, at the end of the day, when you start telling media outlets that you can't come to the White House to to report <laughs> on something, I'm sorry. I but get he, I get he, nervous. You I know get why scared. he's doing that though, Keith. He, he's doing that simply because Controlling media. First of all. What's on the rise more than anything else? Uh, Twitter and all the insta- uh, internet stuff. Uh-huh. So when yep. he's trashing them, it's just really to draw more attraction to what he's doing over there. That's what it's about. Because the, the, the Jedi you know, mind tricks, Jedi mind tricks. I that's said, right. and, and like listen, I said, it's scary. It, to me, I don't think people get how scary this is. And I'm going to let Ken get in here because I know he's chomping at the bit to talk about this because this is this is a big freaking issue. And I heard a guy who was on t- another talk radio station, he's involved with the White House. He's been involved with the White House for many years. I forget the guy's name, but he said that they have never, never, ever, ever, ever seen anything like this in any president in the history of presidents when you turn around and you don't allow certain press to be at the White House. It's never happened But if before. the internet wasn't around, he wouldn't be doing that. He'd be saying they're the best. Look, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a scary, scary tone to set. I'm going to let Ken get in here and talk because I know he's, He's got, oh, I, yeah. He's, no, the I, problem with Donald Trump is he's a malignant narcissist who doesn't believe – who has no experience in government, and his whole experience with the press has been from the business point of view. And business people allow press for one purpose and one purpose only to promote their brand. And they're used to shutting business, you know, press out saying, well, if you don't cover them well, I'm not going to give you access, and I don't have to. I'm not a public official. He hasn't got that yet. He's an idiot, okay? And what's happening is. Well, do you just, agree with me about the fact that now all these people, all, all these media outlets are going to look for that so called smoking gun to tear oh, him yeah. down now? Oh, yeah. He's picking, you know, here's the problem. They were long before it is, man. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. No. As a matter of fact, I disagree. Every one of the major media outlets gave him a pass during the election. They soft peddled him. They simply retweeted and recopied everything he said, regardless of how ridiculous it was. They didn't call him on the carpet. They're starting to do it now, barely. Uh, but, you know, Nixon picked a fight with the press. Mm-hmm. Not like Nixon Trump. But Not Nixon like didn't Trump. have the internet and didn't have Twitter with millions of followers. That's the difference. All right, I mean, I got to ask this real quick. Mike, what yeah, how many followers do you have? President using Twitter. What are your feelings on him tweeting the way I he's think, well, that he's just keeping up with everyone else. That, I mean, that's what all these kids are doing these days. He's trying to con- connect with people other than what he's getting yeah, from. But he yeah, I but feel he's it, not connecting. Here's I the thing. I, hold on. I, I feel his president. I feel it's dangerous because the things he says he can be held accountable for, number one. And number two, the things he says on Twitter has a worldwide it, 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 I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to let Ken get into it because I, I just think I think it's I think it's very dangerous. No, no. There's a reason you have a press secretary. Okay, the reason you have a press secretary is is if something goes out and turns blows up in your face, you have plausible deniability. Okay, mm-hmm. and press secretaries are people there who are designed to say, "Hey, Mr. President, 
you should if I understand what you're what you want to express, but you should say it this way, not that way. Okay? That's when you have a press secretary. So he acts as your filter so it does you doesn't go out and say incredibly stupid things that cause the stock market to go down by eighty points or whatever. The problem with Trump and his Twitter account is he tends to say really stupid things without the filter and going, oh, my God, people are, you know. But there's not a person in this world, I wouldn't think, that thinks he's he's brilliant like that. I mean, everyone knows he says stupid shit, but they're cool. Yeah, with that but when you're a president, you don't get you. You're not allowed to say stupid shit. But what people I'm are. Sorry. At, but what people are looking at this these days is. You know, listen, I know for a fact our government's been doing shady shit for years, just like every yes. other government, okay? Yep, so, yep. so the people that are saying you can't just as president, they're like, you know, we're tired of the government. Look where, we're, look where we're at now. We don't care about that anymore. That's what they're saying because in any way, time, shape, or form, how the hell did the Democrats let this jackass win is beyond me. Well, yeah, let, well let's, let's break down the election. First of all, Hillary Clinton, now I was not a big Hillary Clinton fan, everybody knows. Hillary Clinton got 2.8 more million votes than Donald Trump. The states that the, the key states they won, which were Florida, Ohio, and Michigan, okay, those three started the election. They were decided by less than a percentage point. Okay, if the you had proportional representation in the electoral college, Hillary Clinton would have kicked his ass. Okay, right, but she, she didn't, and she lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: what you don't understand is the system that was designed. Uh, was designed to create to give slaveholding southern states more power than northern industrial states, and that unfortunately that's the system we're still left with. So what you try, what they try to do, this is why we should have performed the electoral college, which is a whole different show. But this is why you do it because what happens is rural states have much more voting strength than urbanized states. Okay, hmm. Trump did much better in rural states because he shot off his mouth being. Conservative values. That's how it happened. Right, but yeah. at the end of the day, Ken, you can't deny this. They, everyone knew what the rules were in the play. The, 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 it's not like they made anything different. They still let this jackass win. He still won. They didn't. Th th that's I'm saying. What the government is so screwed up. I think people are so tired of it. That's why they voted for this idiot. That's what right. I think. No, happened. no, I agree. We need better candidates. Don't misunderstand me. Don't you know? I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying she was a great candidate. She was a freaking horrible candidate. Okay, you know she ran with the you know the old joke. She ran a Miller Road campaign, and you know the old joke is about what you, what the only thing you find in the Miller Road is right, yellow lines and dead armadillos. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happened. I watched an incredible documentary of that election a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> I, I don't remember what the name it is, but you, you can, I'll find a link and show it to you guys. But it was a camera crew who wanted to document this whole thing from start to finish. And the only reason why they wanted to is they wanted to document the first lady president, period. And they said they're there every day. And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that they're filming and showing in this documentary. And they're saying you could tell exactly when it went bad. He said because the Democrats weren't paying attention to Don, Donald Trump at all. They never thought he'd even get past the primaries, right? And so by the time they figured it out, he had already gained so much momentum that they did, didn't understand. And so when they, when that happened, they sent Romney in to destroy him, and it didn't work. But when Romney came in, too late. That's when both parties realized we screwed up at that moment. Yeah, yeah I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel when they allowed him to get that – when, when he was – when they forced the Republicans – 
to give him that nomination, the Democrats, I, I knew right then and there, that's when the Democrats should have been like, ah, we got to get on this. And they, and that was, that was my And they're still on. screwing up because, look, Bernie Sanders, at the end of the day, to me, should have been, um, who did they elect the other day to, to, uh, in 2018 to run or something uh, like that? They talk about the DNC uh, chair. Right, yeah. yeah. Bernie Sanders should have got that. But now here's the important thing. Keith Ellison is now the vice chair. I think what the problem is, and this is you know, a lot of people on the left are bitching and moaning about how the Democratic Party has turned its back on the progressive left. Yeah, yeah. But we're get but we're if you look at it, there's a revolution forming at the grassroots level and it's, and it's starting. And I think by twenty eighteen, you're gonna see a different party. And that's the part the mainstream media is ignoring this issue like you wouldn't believe. And I think that's um that's you know, an issue that there's a lot of grassroots organizing going on at the grassroots level. And yeah. for example, I'll give you an example. There was a special election in Delaware, the Delaware State Senate seat, that would control that would give who who would control the Delaware Senate, Republicans or Democrats. And there were two candidates running, and they'd run against each other before. The last time they ran against each other, uh, the Democrat won by two percentage points. Okay. This time she won by eighteen. And notoriously, uh, Democrats do very bad special elections. And this time they just crushed them. That's an important bellwether. I'm worried about I'm worried about Donald for the simple fact that to me he's like bet it's like betting against Kobe. You just don't do it. Like no. I'm afraid he's gonna get another I'm not afraid of I anything. don't think um, Yeah, I mean here's the thing. I mean, Donald Trump was a protest vote. And that's what people don't understand. He, he was a protest vote, but now yes, he he's was. the he's now the guy. Well, he's here's the, well, produce, here's what aggravates me. Here's what aggravates me about the protest vote, and I got it. There were a lot of people who were pissed off, and they made this. They went in and they pulled this, and it's a protest vote. The, the sad thing is, is that before this election, there were so many people out there. Trump, 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 and I need to. We need this, and now you go on Facebook, you go on social media. A lot of those people. Who were so for Trump? They're very quiet now, and a lot of people are seeing that this is why we need to study our candidates, and we need to really, really know what we need to know because there are some things that he just rolled back that are that are making shockwaves. This thing with the LGBT that they just rolled back, this transgender thing that sent shockwaves through the through that community to the point where we just saw this young boy who was going through the transition because of this rollback. He had to compete against girls and he tore through the competition in texas and people are lashing out this kid but this kid didn't want to wrestle women he wanted to wrestle boys because he was already going through that transition it's not his fault that he was forced to wrestle right, girls right. And he mean, tore the competition because he's taken testosterone to become a boy and and, and this is where you know we're, we're very we're very scared about this and you know it's yeah, very well, scared. Scared. Yeah. i wouldn't be scared because at the end of the day, it's new to a lot of people, and sooner or later, they're going to figure it out. I think if you force it on them, it takes longer to figure out. No, I, see, I disagree. Nothing, no one is ever ready for change. Change gets forced on people, and like it or not, you know, grow up, grow up a pair of man stones and just deal with the change, okay? I mean, I, I remember distinctly, and you guys all have to remember, when Jerry Ferraro ran for vice president of the United States back in '84. There were serious questions about whether a woman should be on the ticket or not because, well, you know, women had that time of the month, and they're not, you know, able to, to deal with things as men can. 
because of that. Okay? I don't think you get away with saying that today without getting punched. Probably not. But, I mean, the reason it was, again, change is never welcome. Change is change. And tough. People are never ready for change, and I don't care. Get used to it. Grow a pair of man stones. That's all I got to say about that. I don't care who's pissing next to me, to be honest with you. So, whatever. I mean, well, let's see what let's see what happens. Like I said, it's it's a tough one because there's a lot of people out there I'm seeing now that voted for Trump. Well, let me let me tell you this something on that line. I was at Gillette Stadium earlier this year in December. Yep. Okay, it was actually the last. I think it's the last. Yeah, it was the last home game. And as many of you know, you know the lines in the women's room tend to be longer than the lines in the men's room. And I remember, like I think it was the third quarter, there were a couple of people online who were clearly not men. And and I remember they just like they were making it quite clear that they weren't moving because they were not going to stand on that line. Somehow we all got used to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. They want, you know. But that, well, that actually, actually, I have a message to relate to you guys too. That I almost forgot about. Go ahead, go for it. And it's from Hanlon Razor, and you know, if anyone knows Hanlon Razor, he a very. How would you describe Hanlon Razor, Keith? Wacko. <laughs> he's a staunch Republican. He's a staunch he's, Republican. He's a wacko. He's a wing nut. So he listened to our last podcast that I did with you guys, right? Uh-huh. And after listening to it, he called me up and he said, hey, Michael, why don't you tell Ken and Keith this for me? He said, the, he said, how do you put it? He said, the last time the Democrats were this mad is when the Republicans freed their slaves. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. oh, he wants to go there? Oh, yeah. he wants to go freaking oh, there? Killing. Damn, Hanlon. Man, look, I'm I'm almost I'm to sorry. Be honest, to be honest, I know what Hanlon's going through right now health wise, and to hear him just come back and, and give that message to get to us, I'm almost crying. I'm almost <laughs> gonna tear my eye because that's the Hanlon we know. And you know what? I'm glad that he was able to listen to the show and we inspired him for that. Hanlon, we love you, man. Okay. <laughs> just you. remember, just remember our current attorney general and head of the civil rights. And therefore, having the Civil Rights Division under his control was the guy that a Republican Congress in the 80s thought was too racist to be a judge. That's all i got to say about that. <laughs> hey, we got to get ready to get out of here. We went a little bit over tonight. Good stuff. Good show. We got a lot of stuff in. I can't believe we talked about what we talked about family wills. We talked about medical proxies and stuff. And we talked about the past. We talked about Trump. We, talk, we got it all in. We talked about race. We talk, Oh, my God. We touched base on everything tonight. An hour and a half. Um, man, it's a good show. I got to thank, again, I got to thank Ken, you know, my longtime co-host here. I got to thank Mike Fury, who's, you know, been a fan of the show. You know, like he said, he hated us at the beginning because he didn't know what the hell we was bringing to the table. And now he's, he gets it. He got, he knows what the boost's all about. And now he's on this show from time to time. And I love having this guy on. And I'm I got to ask you, Mike, Mike, when you bring in your show back, you had a good pro- show. I'm probably going to bring my show back in another month or so. I, to be honest with you guys, what really got me off being online and all that stuff was all this political stuff. I really couldn't handle it. I didn't want to be part of it on both sides. And so I dipped out because I, I come back once in a while and look at things, and I still see people obsessing about the same things. It drives me nuts when I see their own personal lives falling apart. It just drives me crazy. But I'm probably going to start doing it another month. There's a lot of good things that are coming out. I, I worked on a record with Sony that's going to be nominated for a Grammy. Uh, so I get to talk about that in April once the record gets released. So a lot of good things nice. going on. 
Nice, nice, nice. We'll definitely get that get that out there. Ken, well, let's get into our shots and whatever we need to get out there. So I'm going to let you say what you got to say before we get out of here. Um, let's start off with Ken. All right, well, as always, big shout-out and thank you to our, all of our listeners, all 12 of them. <laughs> okay. That's it? No, Should I'm not see? done yet. Oh, okay. I was just taking a moment to enjoy the comedy. He, la- right? he laughed because he okay. noticed there was only 11 listeners. Yes. <laughs> and uh, a big shout out to my sister-in-law's father, who is currently dealing with some medical issues. Hope you feel better. And a big shout out to everyone out there. Hey guys, uh, take your head out of your you know what and put down your cell phone when you're driving. You'll live longer. Mike. Uh, yeah, man. I just, I really, I really do. Man, I love that you guys give me something to do at my age on a Tuesday night, man. That's all I can say. Thank you, man. I love the show and looking forward to the next several years of listening to you guys. Man, you know what, Mike? Thank you for coming on. Another great show tonight. Like I said, it was a fast hour and a half. Um, again, I got to thank everybody for giving me shouts to my moms over the past uh, weekend. Um, I got to give a big shout out to Charlie Wilson who, and Fantasia and, and Johnny Gill who put on a one hell of a show. Um, me and Don drove out to Ohio last week and was able to see this great, phenomenal show. Charlie Wilson, man, we love you. I love your music. In It to Win It is the name of the album. I will do whatever I can to get this guy on our show for an interview. I just I just want to do whatever I can to get him on there. Great freaking story um, from rags to riches to rags to riches and, uh, you know, great stuff. Also, I got to thank my family for being here and helping me out and, and get me through this time, friends and family and everybody. And, I, I, you know, back in the day, we used to have this segment called F.U., where if somebody pissed you off, you gave them an F.U. at the end of the show. My F.U. this week goes out to Ubisoft, who is a game developer who has just recently released For Honor, and they just had their beta for Tom Clancy's Wildlands which is an open beta right now. It just ended, but this game is coming out. This game actually has me so ready to go. I was, I'm almost ready to buy Ken an Xbox one so he can get on this, on this game with me. <laughs> I thought an FU is a bad thing. Like you're saying, FU, it, like... it, it is, it is a bad thing because for honor came out. Okay. So everybody plays these shooters, these call of duty shooters and stuff with the guns and stuff. Here's the thing. I'm a 50 year old guy. My, 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 reflexes aren't as up to par anymore. So when I go and play these games like Call of Duty and stuff against my son and their friends at 20 years old and 18 years old and whatever, my reflexes aren't as good. So I finish the game. I can finish good once from time to time, but a majority of the time in these these shooters, I get my ass kicked. (laughs) Now they have this game for honor, which is just straight melee sword fighting. (coughs) The key to this game is is you have to parry. You have to watch which way this person is attacking, and then you have to block. There's no shooting involved. This is a thinking man's game. So when you block, you can string together combos of attacks with a counter. I played a match real quick. I played a match, and this is how the game works. You can be a Viking, a Samurai, or a Knight. Ken, you would love this game. Oh, this sounds good. This is how the game plays. You are now in what you call a faction. Even though you're a samurai, you could be a faction for whatever. There's a name for for factions back in medieval days. 
And what it is is you go and, 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 and right now we're in round one. Round one is a whole week. And we're having these wars throughout the world. Everybody's playing this game, but you're having these wars, these battles. And as you win these battles and control these areas, everybody has a point range. So right now the samurai was up by 26 points. When the week closes out, if we win, we get what you call a steal. That's coins. That's money. And then we're going to control this area on this map, and it's going to be under the control and the regime of the samurai. Then the next week is going to start, and there'll be another set of battles. The thing is, is that when you're out there and you're battling as a faction, there's four members who are real players, and we have our armies. We have, like, the, the wars are like watching Lord of the Rings. You have these wars, and you go out there, and you meet up with other people, and you fight them. And when you fight them, if you get their health down, you can actually execute people. So, like, one match I was playing, <laughs> one match I'm playing, and I'm like, you know what? We took them head on, but at the same time, I realized you're watching the map. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to flank these SOBs, and I'm going to come around, and I'm going to take out their squad leader, which is which is what they, they're called wardens. They're called wardens. Ken, you would love this game. So what I did was I went up the castle, and we <coughs> I came through the through the castle and come from behind the guys that were trying to take my territory. I came from behind them. I must have wiped out 50 guys. The video was on it. And then I came up and fought their leader and took out their leader. It gave me all these bonus points and steel and, and I and un and unlocked all this stuff. But it's a thinking man's fighting game. It's not one of these. Oh, you see, see, I would have liked that because I'm not a really oh. big fan of just blind shooting. Yes, Ken. Look, and the fact that there's factions and you have a whole week to play and you're watching your score go up and down all week. Like, my boys and me are all in the Samurai Clan. So I had to yeah, hit like them up. That. Yeah, people saw my post this week. I'm like, hey, Samurai Clan, we got to get this shit together. We got to get this. We got to get going. And, um, are there you know, Bitcoins? Nope, nope, nope. There's no Bitcoins. Um, you go on there and it's, it's called Steel. There's no Bitcoins. It's called Steel. Because back in medieval days, there was no currency you were your wealth was steel. Steel was was the wealth, and um, yes, you can go in there and you can buy stuff to make your character better. I to me that's cheating. I understand the public. Yeah, no, 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 no. Either earn it or you don't. Yes, I think we need to get going. Look, I hate to tell you, but I need to get going because I got to travel tomorrow, and I still got to get home and get dinner. Yes, good stuff. Yeah, the wife is waiting for me to get dinner for that. For honor is the game. I hate you, F you, Ubisoft, for making this game because it's stealing a lot of hours of my day. But uh, other you than that, you know, Ubisoft, you know, who, you know what? I'll get other games they uh, produce, don't you? Tom Clancy. Suppose yourself, fucking. Yes. Sorry. The, yeah. <laughs> the Tom Clancy games. Yes, Ken. We did waste a lot of hours on Splinter Cell. Uh, <laughs> Me and Frank. Yes. It's it's like that. So hey, I gotta get out of here. All I can say is, is uh, SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us to F home. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to the booth at Wubazoo.com. Please make sure to tune in for more booth next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. Become a fan on their Facebook page and check out their podcast on iTunes. The booth is hosted by Sinister One, Z-Man, and Ken Diesel. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe they're more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home.
Hoo, 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 hoo